Edge is a position the Chiefs still need, but what DEFCON is it, and how is the rest of this roster building out? We're going to go through it and tell you today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. Thanks for making us your first listen here on Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free. And if you would make another Locked On show your second listen, we would appreciate it. There's tons of shows out there, including the new NFL uh, scouting show that gives you the draft dudes back. And I know it's that time of year, so check that out as well. We appreciate it. Make sure you get subbed and like over on YouTube, as well as the audio platforms, because that's where you can get all the episodes when they drop. Lot to talk about on the defensive end spot, one that I'm keen on and how they're going to rebuild this. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consultant, home of the athletic matrix that you can get right now at Rogue APC. And I have a little code for you. You can use locked on. Uh, I'm sorry, locked 23 and get that code. That'll give you a nice little discount. Uh, you can also find me at NFL33.com and RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. You can find me over there. Lot to talk about when you start looking at the different positions that Kansas City could be looking at uh, draft-wise and actually just adding players uh, in the third wave of free agency, I guess, is where we're about at right now. Yeah, I, it feels like it's like the 17th, but yeah, third, I think, is about right. I At the end of the day, it comes back to me, we've had a lot of discussions, uh, and we'll talk about the rest of the positions coming up, but the one that is keen on my mind right now today is the, the pass rush aspect of this defense right now. Uh, we've seen them rotate through some veterans in the last couple of years. But with the departure of Frank Clark, they don't really have a starter opposite George Karloftis right now. And they thought they might look in free agency, but there wasn't a whole lot out there. I'm not sure that there's anything left that I want to, to really pursue, but I do want to ask you a couple of names. And maybe before we even do that, I should ask you, right now, do you prefer in draft maybe two selections or is a free agent thing that you want to shore up like we've seen them do at other positions? I'm kind of open either way right now. Honestly, it's going to be one of those things. It's really hard to know who's going to be available in the draft when you're drafting 31. Uh, obviously, you're going to have rounds where you have guys rated and you're going to have an idea as to where you think they're going to be drafted and, and if you're going to be able to go get those guys. So, I mean, to me, in Kansas City's best interest to me is to go look at all the premium positions. And those are the ones you focus your first th three picks on at least. Uh, you know, that's D end corner is really not a need right now since they've kind of filled up last year. Uh, but D end offensive tackle wide receiver, they've already got the QB as well. So I think you're sitting pretty good. Uh, and I do count wide receivers premium position now just because of the way the contracts have exploded. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And I, and I, I hope that we don't have to say that forever only because we've seen a little pullback this free agency period. Um, we'll see if that continues or not, but I agree with you. Like they're next on the list. I I'd, I'd put it at four and a half, maybe, maybe five there. That's fine. But right now I'm leaning towards, there's a couple of names out here, but Dupree's now a free agent. He's going to be expensive. He's 30 years old. Uh, Leonard Floyd's 31, but he's out there. Yannick Ngakwe was a guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He's 28. Hasn't landed yet. I, I'm, I'm interested, maybe Dwayne Smoot, another uh, ex-Jacksonville Jaguar, maybe. But none of that rings my bell. Like, they're all 28 and older. I'm sorry, 27 and older. Um, so none of that's making me feel like you got to go out and get these guys. And so it's got me leaning heavily towards the draft right now. Are you are you jiving with that? I'm good with that. I, I think that that's a position that's 
if you can get younger, that's going to benefit you because you're not doing just stopgap. I mean, Kansas City's been doing stopgap at defensive end for quite a while. You would mm-hmm. like to see that change. The reality, though, is, is that they have a roster that they can compete for a Super Bowl with every single year, and they've got that talent at different positions, and Dean's one of them, uh, but they're positions that they need help at as well. I know that there's still there's all kinds of trade rumors and talk out there. We'll talk about some of the other positions later. But what we aren't hearing anything is any kind of veteran trade at the D end position. So that leads me to if there's no smoke there, it's got to come in the draft. And I can list you up and down the guys that I think could do a job here, whether it's a classic style that Spags has liked or whether it's a guy that provides a changeup. I think a speed rush element is important to this roster, to tell you the truth. But just where you sit right now, given what they have on contract at this moment, is this is this everything's fine, a DEFCON 5, or is this like five alarm fire, the bombs are coming, and it's DEFCON 1? What do you got? Oh, it looks like we lost Chris's audio for a second, but he'll be right back here. Yeah, I think it's a three, uh, maybe leading towards a two a little bit. Uh, I think that they have talent there, but obviously getting younger and adding to Karloftis and Aminahue and what they have with Mike Dana, I think would be very imperative. And, you know, if you can get younger at that position, you can go in, bring a guy in that gives three legitimate DNs. I think that you're going to be in a great position. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and I'm I'm right there. I have it probably as a two right now because I, I do feel they need to get something else only because when I think about what they did last year in the NASCAR packages and how they chose to attack the passer, I do see both Karloftis and Aminu as guys that are going to come inside and help Chris. So I, I don't know that there's a speed rush element on the outside. And yes, you can call Aminu a starter, just like Karloftis in terms of a, a 4-3 base end, sure. Um, but I, I wonder if they have a thing to kind of must rush it all and put those guys inside and maybe they have to get, uh, you know, the icing on top. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It feels like the cake is baked, but it's not really ready to eat yet. And that's how I feel about the position overall. Well, and the big question that you have, though, is if you're looking for a speed guy, that's probably not going to be a guy that's going to be a three down player. So you're going to have get a guy that's maybe going to be only playing on passing downs, which you can do, but are you going to want to use a first or second round pick on a guy that's probably going to be just a situational pass rusher? That's that's the, that's the big question. And if you feel that I mean, you can be an inside out guy with regularity, you know, not just uh, on reduced passing down type things, then maybe you do go that direction. There's options here. Daniel Jeremiah just mocked uh, Will McDonald to the Chiefs out of Iowa State, who is a speed rusher, who is not a power edge. And so I do think that there's, there's more opinion than just mine leaning towards they need a, a change of, of, of pace kind of pass rush as well. I just don't know if they're going to get there. Yeah. And I think that they get there. I think they probably find somebody that they like. I think that, you know, I think they were looking that way in Kendo and it just didn't work out for them. And maybe that's the direction they go again. Maybe they're looking at a fourth or fifth round pick trying to find a guy that can be a speed rusher and is going to be known as a situational guy for Kansas City for this year and maybe going forward. Uh, there's still value in those guys if he can come in and he can get after the passer and give you something different you don't have on the roster. Yeah, that's very true. And I will run down all the options here as we get closer to the draft all the way down into day three. Right now I'm about mid-day two at this point where I'm comfortable with the evaluations. But I can tell you one thing, no matter what happens, I need somebody that's hungry. And I'm kind of hungry right now. We have a, a great friend that can help you out. That it's called Bill. 
a little bit hungry. The Bill Bar Mile Tremendous Bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I will be voting for the Chocolate Brownie Chunk. I just I think that's a delicious bar. And if you want to support that bar, go ahead and support it. If you don't, go pick another one that you really enjoy. Uh, support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. you got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Supporting my pick is making that DN spot a little bit better. Right now, I have it as DEFCON 2. You had it as a 3. Let's move on to the other positions the Chiefs could be looking at. And we've we've talked a lot about the wide receiver spot. We might as well start there because for all of our talk about trade, et cetera, it looks like things are cooling down as we record this on Thursday night. But are you concerned to the point that it's got to be a drastic move or it's got to be an all-out preparation for the draft? Where are you DEFCON-wise on the wide receiver group? One. Yeah? Okay. And – the reality here to me is that you know what you have in Sky Moore, you know what you have in MBS, uh, and you kind of have an idea of what you have in Tony. Or the team has a better idea, obviously, than we do because they've seen you know all the different practices to get an idea as to whether or not they're developing like they would like. Um, what we don't know, and we've kind of talked about this in the past couple of sh- shows as well, John Ross, Justin Ross, we don't know anything about those guys. The team knows. Uh, but – I think that that's asking a lot for either of those guys to step in and have a semi-regular role. Mm-hmm. And while Travis Kelsey is still going to be basically wide receiver one, uh, you don't have anybody that's like Juju, I, I don't think, on this roster right now. Maybe Tony can be that guy, but he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. So to me, this is a DEFCON one, and this is a situation where you have to go address it. And quite frankly, if they don't address it before the draft, I think you have to add multiple during the draft. Okay, so we're kind of on sync. If you identify it as a major problem, we're talking multiple draft picks. I can understand that. I, it, it disturbs me that we have two like high priorities so far. I have, I have it as, as a DEFCON 2. Uh, the wide receivers, I think they're going to get somebody back that they trust, like a Justin Watson or somebody. Now that McColl has moved on, I think there's still an option there. Um, I, I think it's just about the top end, and I think a selection in the draft can give them something there. I won't be surprised if they're looking for a, for a very specific type of receiver. So I'm not overly concerned there. But that moves us to the next piece that you mentioned as well with Travis Kelsey. What's the DEFCON at, at tight end? We know Jody Forson's had a lot of promise but hasn't really come through. Noah Gray's been slowly, steadily climbing. Where are you at on the tight end group? And I'll mention that in just a second, but I, I want to add one more thing to the wide receiver conversation. The other part of this that I think makes it a DEFCON 1 to me is you're in a situation where, generally speaking, rookie wide receivers take at least a year to get into the offense and to be successful in Reed's offense. So you're not just looking at 2023. You're also looking at what are you going to have in 2024. And I think that become makes it even a bigger issue. Now, when you look at tight end, I like what Jody Fortson does, but he wasn't able to do it last year very much. I like what Noah Gray does, but he wasn't used very much either. And I know you have Travis Kelsey, but you need to get him to a point where – 
he's not going to be on the field for 70, 80% of the snaps. Use him for 60, 65% of the snaps, maybe a little less if you can get away with it at different times and get it to where he's not having to play out there every single down. And if you can do that, I think you're in a great situation. But in order to do that, you'd have to go and probably get another tight end, which probably makes it a DEFCON 3 to me. I can live with that. Um, I, I don't think it's it's super high priority, but I think a, a midday pick should be there. I do think that there's always a possibility they bring in somebody uh, from the free agent group that is probably you know a, a lower level type guy. I'm trying to just take a quick look and see who's out there. Uh, not a whole lot that hasn't already been on this roster, to tell you the truth. There's multiple players that have been on the Chiefs roster yep. already in that kind of role. So it does look like fresh blood in the draft to me. A three works just fine for me. Let's flip over back to the defensive side. We mentioned everything uh, with the corners. I don't know that it has to be completely done, but we haven't seen an extension for Legereus Sneed yet. So I, I can see another reinvestment there. I don't think it has to be free agency. I have them as kind of a, a DEFCON 4. Like if you fall into something that you really like, go for it. But I don't think it has to be a high priority. I'd agree with that completely, actually. I think that you're is, and I might even argue that it's a DEFCON 5, uh, just because of the simple fact that you have four guys there that you feel really comfortable with. And yes, they haven't extended uh, Sneed yet, and maybe they're not going to. We'll see how that plays out over the next year um, if they're not going to extend him this offseason. But to me, you have four guys, so you can go at a guy if you fall into somebody, but I don't think it's something that you necessarily have to worry about. Uh, so to me, that's one of those things where if you're looking for a position that you could probably stay away from corner would probably be the one I would try to stay away from unless somebody just falls in your lap. You didn't expect. Okay. Okay. We see it the same way there. So then that brings me to the middle tier. Um, the level that I always start with, like when I'm building or if I were, you know, roster managing in the NFL, I would start with guys that can cover and help out the back end and the front end back and forth, back and forth. What can you bring to the linebacker level? We've seen the Chiefs do that in recent years. A lot of investment at the linebacker level in Nick, Willie, then Leo last year. Now Drew Tranquil's come on. You have your top four linebackers on the roster now. I, I don't think unless there's a rare opportunity, um, the kid from Tulane, uh, the kid from Wazoo, uh, they're both coverage first type guys, like maybe with the promise of what Dorian Daniel was going to be. I could see adding them on a late day three. But other than that, I see this as pretty much a DEFCON 5 pick up Darius Harris or, or another reserve to be your fifth, but your top four are set. Yeah, I think your top four are set. And I think that if you're going to add somebody, it's going to be lower down. And I would say this, the other thing that can play into this on linebacker is Willie Gay's not here after this year. Uh, mm -hmm. So is that going to be something that you're going to be drafting, trying to look at maybe finding a replacement for Willie Gay? I like what Willie Gay brings, but are they going to be able to keep him? Who knows? So, um, that would be another thing, another type thing where you're sitting there the same as corner. If something falls into your lap, maybe you go that direction. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And there has been a propensity of this team to like draft a year ahead. And I think that makes sense as well. So, uh, again, if it's a coverage style type guy, I, I think two of those guys that, that fit are both from Tulane and Wazoo. And we'll go over some of the more premium picks at linebacker as we come up. But if you want a premium bet, Now's the time to get in on it with our friends from FanDuel. It's the middle of the tournament, and it's getting hot out there. There's no better place to get your action in than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, because right now, for all you new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet. 
That's up to a thousand bonus dollars in bonus bets back on your account if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today and claim your no sweat first bet. You can wager everything from money line to points, rebounds in the paint, whatever you're looking for to roll that into a parlay. You can do that. The app's safe, secure, and easy to use. It makes everything simple, especially when you might be betting on who's cutting down the net. So don't miss your no sweat first bet and your chance at up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That address is right there and sign up. Make every moment more a fan duel. So we've hit a couple of the position groups that I think are uh, are a little bit safe. So that brings me, and we'll stay on the defensive side and round it out uh, in the secondary. It does come down, I think, to the safety class. We saw Mike Edwards join the roster. Um, the contract info just came out on that uh, today, I believe you put it out. Uh, is that anything uh, that you feel causes... Um, enough investment that they shouldn't reinvest and get a fourth safety in the draft? Well, they're going to have to get a fourth safety somewhere. Uh, maybe it's going to be a special teams guy that gets added between now and the draft. Maybe it's a guy that gets added after the draft. Uh, but they're going to have to get a fourth safety somewhere. Again, this is one of those things. I think it's a probably a DEFCON 5 type thing um, where you add if, if somebody falls into your lap. But you know, the, the big question that you start getting into, and, and this is where teams can get themselves in trouble, but I think Kansas City is in a position where, yes, you need some positions and you need some help. But if you have the best safety sitting there in the draft, is it somebody that you can not take in the second round or not take even in the first round? I mean, I know you wouldn't want to, but if all the other players that are going and you can't trade back for value, is that a direction you go? That That's the big question, because right now on my board, Brian Branch is the number one safety and he is not in the first round. So it becomes a question of value, and you're right. If the Chiefs had someone like Brian that were a first-round grade and they get to 31, they haven't moved around, and the tackles are gone and the edges are gone, and the wide receivers are gone as far as who they had graded, and he's the highest guy on your board that's available, we could see them do that. I wouldn't be happy about it, but it could definitely happen. Well, and the bigger question is, is where – the key here is picking at 31. If you have him rated as your first-round pick – how far off is everybody else from where you have them rated to 31? Because you're more than likely getting a second round type graded player mm-hmm. at 31. That's just the reality of the way it usually works in the NFL. So I don't expect a safety, but it wouldn't shock me. Okay. I mean, that's fair. So I, I will put that as a four, but you have it a little bit higher, I assume. No, I, I still think you're right. It's probably a four. I, I think okay. that you still have to add somebody. Uh, I just don't think it's going to take a, a big investment. I'm not saying I expect them to go invest heavy in safety or high in safety. It's just those are the types of positions, linebacker, corner, safety, those types of things. If somebody's sitting there that you didn't expect to be there, do you take him? Yeah. That becomes a question in a number of picks. And so as we t- flop back to the other side, in terms of weapons, the one we haven't talked about is running back. Isaiah Pacheco made a big splash. But they need more. Jarek McKinnon isn't back in the fold yet. I do think he's coming back, but he's not here yet. I do think youth and explosiveness is something that they want. Vision is going to be important for a ball carrier. I still think it's a day three UDFA type selection, but I, I despite where that value is, I see this as, as a DEFCON 3. They need bodies back there. They do need bodies back there. I don't think McKinnon was added until June, so it was after the draft last year. So if he's coming back, it's probably going to be after the draft. Uh, I, I'm okay with DEFCON 3. I 
I'm really curious to see what they do with Clyde if they move him. Uh, that's going to be a big question. Yeah, that is going to be a big question. Um, just the two of them still isn't enough. And I don't know if that's going to be enough even if he's part of a, a, a three-way campaign there. So uh, that said, I do think fullback is something that we need to look at. I just don't know if Andy agrees with me, so I'm going to leave that as a as my DEFCON 2 that Chris probably has a, as a five or a, a non-existing need. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. The other non-existing need is probably at interior offensive line. Obviously, uh, one of the best trios in the league as your starters. Now, Allegretti is back. You have Darren Kennard, who's practicing at guard in there. So I feel like uh, even at the backup level, you have your interior guys. Now, with the addition uh, of Juwan Taylor, that's more of a precedent. So I, I have interior offensive line as a, as a DEFCON 5, not, not a pressing need. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit different. I'm going to say it's a DEFCON 4, maybe closer to even a DEFCON 3, because you look at what they have at their guards – Trey Smith is a year away from being only having a year left on his contract. I think he's, I think they're going to want to try to keep him here, but are they going to be able to afford it? And Joe Tooney, while he is a fantastic guard, is, is starting to cost them a ton of money against the cap. Is that going to be something that they have to look at in the future? Um, I don't think that they're going to try to go out and draft a guy. I don't think that they're looking to go draft a guard necessarily. But again, you go back to what we were talking about before, especially interior offensive line. Those are the types of guys that usually fall. Mm -hmm. They're not usually getting picked early. And if one of the best guards is sitting there in the first or second in the second round or third round or whatever, is that a, is that a question? Is that a direction you go? I don't think they'd look that way and sitter, but I wouldn't be shocked at guard. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So we see it a little bit differently at interior at tackle. I still have it as a DEFCON two. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be sell out for the very top player. But I got to come away with a functional starter in this draft because there's nobody left on the open market. The trade value has seemed to dry up. And I just don't know if Lucas Nian can make it through a season, even if he is healthy now and for game one, say. And I I pretty much agree with you on this one. I almost would call it a DEFCON one because of what you just said about Nian. Uh You're in a situation where you're one snap away from having Prince Tanawanago be your starting right tackle. Um, that is not a position you want to be in. Or he could be the backup left tackle. That's another position you don't want to be in. So I think that you also you almost can make an argument that they need two tackles in this draft. Uh, and quite frankly, with everything they've done to re-fortify the offensive line, it's not going to shock me if they go that direction again. Mm -hmm. uh, agreed. Okay, so you have it as one. I have just, just slightly lowered a two. So we, we have two DEFCON twos, and you have three now. Or, or no, we have three ones. And you have a third one at the wide receiver spot. So we've covered the offense. Now that just brings me back to the other guys that can help Chris Jones out, and that's the interior defensive line. This is a unique group. It's undersized, it's explosive, and it's quick. It's guys that get a lot of pressure. They are penetrators. Cansey, Adamare, um, all kinds, Jonah Tavai. Uh, there's plenty of guys that are undersized that can produce pressure inside, but they're not necessarily three down guys. So the question becomes is how important is that to get one of them with Naughty back, Kirk Wharton in the in the, the fold here? I still see this as kind of a DEFCON too because you do need more pass rush in order to rotate. We've seen them do that lately, and I think that's going to be important to the 23 campaign. Yeah, no, I agree. It's important. And I would also say that the thing that makes this more of a DEFCON 2, but could take it to a DEFCON 3 for me, 
It's what do they do at DN? Because if they go get a guy at DN, maybe the interior pass rush isn't as important. Or maybe if they go get interior pass rush, maybe DN isn't as, isn't as important. That That's where you're looking here in this situation. Can you add a guy that gives you pass rush ability inside or outside? And that's going to affect probably what you're going to be able to do at either of the other positions as well. Okay. So we round out this roster. We have DEFCON ones, a defensive end. You have tackle and wide receiver. I have wide receiver as a two. That's okay. I have tackle as a two. Like just because I'm I'm scared of saying DEFCON one. <laughs> but beyond that, we have a couple of, of adjacent needs that need to be filled in, but they're not directly there. So we come back to edge, tackle, wide receiver, top 100 picks, go get it because there's not much less left that you can do outside of the draft at this point. Yeah, there's not. And the question really then becomes uh, when you're starting to think about having to get fill those three needs in the top 100 picks, are you going to have to move up and you have to get to use ammo for 2024? I mean, that's possible. They're going to have to give up something from 2024 to be able to move up and go get a guy that they want. It is. It is a very real possibility. And that brings us to what can we do? What can the chief scenarios look like? That's why we do mock drafts on Mondays, folks. Every Monday you're getting a new mock draft and we're going to have another one for you next week. So do not miss that. We'll explore some of these scenarios about how they get some of these DEFCONs checked off. Thank you for listening to us today. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Scouting, uh, brand new to back to, I should say, the network here where everything is available for free. Join on YouTube and all the other platforms because that's where you can hear it first. So don't miss us Monday. We are five days a week. Mondays are Mock Draft Mondays where we're going to set one up. We're going to tear it down. We're going to show you what some of the scenarios are. We appreciate your time. Enjoy your weekend. and We'll talk to you Monday.